Welcome along to The Loftcast. I'm Paul Morrissey from the club's media team and I'm joined today by club ambassador Andy Sinton and my media colleague Ian Taylor. It's been an enjoyable international break, reflecting on a four-game unbeaten run, which saw us take eight points from tough fixtures against Derby, Sunderland, Villa and Fulham. Next in our sights, it's Reading on Good Friday before we host Norwich on Monday. We'll be looking ahead to those games, but we'll start by getting the thoughts of this man. And now Showick can try and pick someone out. It's Manning again with the step over. Bidwell wants. Yes! Jake Bidwell scores his first goal for Queen's Park Rangers from open play. Well, Jake Bidwell, thanks for joining us. An enjoyable international break, I'd imagine, after four excellent results. We've been speaking about them a, a bit over the, the podcast last week and we'll touch on it this week as well. But four excellent results against difficult opposition. I'd imagine you, you enjoyed a couple of days off that the manager let you have. Yeah, it's, um, it's always nice to, you know, you, you can always enjoy your, your days off a little bit more when you, you say you've had some good results. But the, the flip side of it is we probably didn't want the break. You know, we, mm. we're on a bit of a run. So, um, you know, the challenge for us now is to, Obviously, we've had a couple of days off. It's been nice to relax, but the challenge for us is to pick up where we left off. You know, a couple of weeks ago. So, um, you know, lads, been back in today. Hopefully, hopefully, we can do that. What we've seemed to have done this season is inconsistency has been our problem. We've had some excellent results. You look at the results against the likes of Cardiff, Wolves, Sheffield United, and then we've dropped points against teams that we expected to to do better against. So, this run of results must give all the players a, a real lift like the manager has said I don't think they actually realise how good they can be yeah I was, I was bumped into since the other day when we were talking about it you know, the frustrations of you know you look at our record against the, the top six beat Wolves beat Sheffield United mm. when they were second and obviously the beating Aston Villa away so um, yeah it's a little bit frustrating and obviously we would have liked this run to come maybe five six games earlier and maybe give us a real chance of having a go of it yeah um, you know Sneaking in the top six, you know, anything could have been possible, but I think we, obviously we've left it too late to do that. Um, but yeah, I think, like you say, I think it's it all boils down to the belief in the lads. We've got a, young, a lot of young lads in, in the squad. Um, and is that where that inconsistency comes in as well? Because it's quite a, a newish group, really, isn't it? If you if you look at the whole the whole squad, because there's some young players, there's some players that have only been here a short time. You've actually yeah. been here. You're probably one of the longest serving out, yeah. of, out of the current group. But Yeah, no, I think so. And I think it's... Important that obviously, as well as you know, Abire and Smarty and these young lads have come in and done it. I think it's important that we don't put too much pressure on mm. them too early, you know, because there is going to be inconsistencies. Um, you know, and you know, you look at Smarty, you know, he still looks like a you know, 14 year old boy, you know, walking <laughs> around. But, um, like I say, they've come in and done great, but I think you know, that's that is to be expected with, with not just the, not saying it's just them, but um, that's just one example of it, you mm. know, you just gonna have to be patient with them and. I think this sort of six months, the back end of this season, will stand them in, in good stead. You know, going into into next season, you know, they'll be a lot more familiar with it, and you know, they have on the other side of it, they have set the standards for themselves now and, and for the team. So um, we were going to get on to young Smithy. Um, what's he been like since he came back from international duty, having scored such <laughs> yeah, a great goal? Yeah, to be fair, I've only, I've only seen him this morning. So, um, but. He's a great lad. He's just a you know he's been a breath of fresh air. He's just just know, loves he, playing football. No, that's it. You can see that you know you know all the games he's played. He gets kicked. There's no there's no fuss. He just you know he's like a bouncy ball. He's just straight back <laughs> up and just carries on. You know um, you know and as a as a, they say as a more of a senior pro, you can sort of 
you, can, you get bogged down in, in different things at times. Mm. If someone comes mm. comes up like that who's just fresh and and just like you say, just plays football, and you know that's that's what it's all about. And we can learn a lot off off the young lads as well. You know, sort of. Um, you know the way they approach things as well it's not just the other way around Did you find that since the longer your career went on then you saw some of these young whippersnappers in training and on match days Could, did you think actually there's more to it than, than, than taking it almost not for want of a better word too seriously but someone like young Smithy and Ibira and you know, Rem when he's been in the squad as well it's just almost that I think first, fearlessness Yeah I think first and foremost as a footballer for me you've got the best job in the world you know, you're coming in every day, you're out in the fresh air, you're doing something you love, yeah, you, you, you're getting well paid for it, you've got the adulation, you've got the stick, you've got to put up with all that. But it's a fantastic job. And I think sometimes youngsters just see it as, see it as that. You know, they've come through youth teams. Or I know Paul Smith came from uh, overseas from Linfield. But he, he just plays with a smile on his face. As Jake touches on, the older you get, I think sometimes you can overthink things. Yeah, I know I did personally. Yeah. When I was a youngster, I couldn't give a monkey who I played against, whether it was team or individual. But as I got 28, 29, I used to look at, oh, he's quick. Ooh, he's, uh, so you start to go to bed the night before. Not with doubts, but you just start to think. Sometimes, sometimes the best thing is just get your kit on, get out there, play to the manager's instructions, but just go and play. Yeah, no, definitely. That's what, you know, the, the, and when there has been disappointments this season, they haven't really been involved in it. So, like I yeah. say, as a senior pro, like you say, sometimes you, you overthink things, thinking, oh, you know, it's... You know, you really want to do well, and things don't happen, and then you can get caught up in it. Whereas, yeah. and when you overthink things, sometimes you you try you try to do the right yeah. things, but you're actually doing the wrong mm. things. Yeah. And sometimes you have too many touches. You can try and as a fullback, you maybe try and overcover when it's yeah. not on. You, yeah, so you don't get tight to people, etc., etc. So, but that comes with confidence. Yeah. Confidence with not only youth, but you know, an experienced player. If you're playing well in a winning side, things take care of itself. Or I found in my career, yeah, no, anyway. definitely, yeah. Like I've probably done less than less analysis over the last month when the results have been well, have been good than than I have when things yep. have have been mm. you know results haven't gone so well so or I, or I haven't played so well so um, the last month so let's touch on like you've just yeah. mentioned it you know how pleased have you been with your own form and it's probably coincided or I might be wrong but it seems to have coincided with going as a team going back to the back four so a couple of questions there you know going back to the back four but how pleased you have been with your your own form. Yeah, and I think um, obviously the results speak for themselves, and you know the four results we've had as a back four, or you know the team as a back four is you know that say it speaks for itself. Um, and I think me playing left back, I think that just comes with playing about two hundred more games there than I have at wing back. So, um, <laughs> and do like you find there's a big difference? Because a lot of people say you know you. You're ten yards from where you normally be, but yards yeah. on a pitch can be big. Is have you found uh, from wing back to to left back a huge difference, a big difference, or what are the differences? Yeah, uh, the big difference for me is obviously I like to get forward from from left back, but a lot of it is is bouncing the ball to someone and mm. and running off the ball. Mm. Whereas playing as a wing back, I think there's, sometimes there's not someone in front of you all the time, so you expect space, to, yeah. to run with the ball to make it happen yourself. Yeah, because um, I was saying actually. Yeah. It, it appears, and I'm speaking from a very much a non-professional background, um, having only played the game at part level, but it almost appears that you seem to have more freedom to get forward in a back four than you yeah. do in a five. And I guess that goes back to what you've just said. Yeah, no, and I, also it's the way we do it with the with the with the wing backs. It's sort of a seesaw. So if say it's Pav on the other side and yeah. he's forward, I've sort of anchoring it coming around the yeah. other side, you yeah. know, and you're concentrating on that. Whereas 
when there's someone in front of you, yeah. you don't really have that. If the ball's coming down your side, you know, you know you're free to go. Um, and like if that's say, someone's paddle, yeah. as it has been, yeah. yeah, it was against Philly. You know that you're going to get someone that can go up and down, up yeah, and down no, all exactly, day long, yeah. which which helps, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, as, yeah, like I say, that, I think that's the main difference is for me. Like I say, getting forward, yeah. it's sort of the running is without the ball, whereas you know maybe at wing back you need to do it a bit more yourself. And having not done it before, obviously it's probably not probably not my strongest point. Probably something I'll I'll look to work on, having now done it. Mm. Um, but you know you sort of you train your whole life from about 16. You say this is where you're going to play. You're going to be a, a left back or you're going to be a centre half if you need to be a centre half. Mm. I've never really been a midfield player. Um, so when you were striker in your younger days, do we do I remember having that conversation with no, you? No goalkeeper. goalkeeper. Oh, your keeper. So, uh, you? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, you to improve yourself and get to the level you want to get to as a left back. You, yeah. You'll stay out and and you'll do extras as a left back, not sort of you know as a, as a midfield player. So yeah. you know. I can't remember before the season. I can't remember ever doing a finishing session because, you know, it, it was never really expected mm. of you. Whereas you made it look easy against Villa, mate. Well, well that's it. Well, I, uh, <laughs> um, because I found myself in them positions a lot at wing back from the off. I've stayed. I've, I've then gone and, and practiced them them yeah. types of finishes. Um, but like I say, as bef- beforehand, I haven't, I haven't, um, I haven't done that because I've never really been in them positions. So talk us through that goal and it, it just arrived for you nicely, didn't it? It was a good step over and then. Yeah, slight deflection, was, uh, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> but it hit the back of the net, which is all important. No, yeah, I think it. it let's say it was overdue. I'd had a couple of them this season. Um, the Fulham, Fulham one at home on the telly, you know, comes to mind straight away. Where mm-hmm. I've tried to be too too precise yeah. of it, and I've just, you know, it's come to me. I've just tried to hit the target and keep it down. And uh, like you say slight deflection probably helped, but you know, I'll, uh, I'll take it all day. <laughs> and you actually said after the game that you got more satisfaction from your assist for Ryan Manning yeah. because. That's you consider more part of your game. Yeah, like I say, you think I think that that is something that is more expected of you as mm. a fullback, um, and that is something that I've consistently worked on for the last few years. Um, so when something comes off like that, that's you say you practice day in day out pretty much. Then obviously, then it's just it's, you know it's satisfying when uh, you know when it does come off on a, on a match day. And since it often talks about when he played at QPR and there was familiarity in the, the team that started and also in the formation and relationships were built on the pitch with the left midfielder with the left back how has that helped in the, over the last month or so there has been a, a level of consistency about who you're playing behind yeah I think I think that always helps obviously it's, it's not always um, you, you can't always do it with injury suspensions and, mm. and just the, the load of games really you have to change it up especially yeah. in the championship um, but it, it, it does help um, and to be fair, having someone like Pav in front of you is just an absolute just freak of an athlete, <laughs> to be honest. Just, um, yeah, obviously he's great and obviously he's not just that, he showed his quality with his, his finish and, mm. and I think he got the, I think he was the assist for my goal as well. So mm. I think he's another one that's probably yeah. benefited um, with, with the formation change as well. And what you must love as a left back is you've got a left midfielder who does what he's told because I've seen him get told to be somewhere and he's just straight to that position. <laughs> yeah, he, he does that and more to be fair. Yeah. Um, and uh, like he's, he's, you know, he's like I say he's just brilliant and he's um, his English has come on as well, which is, yeah. makes it easier for me as well. So yeah. um, I, I can't I can't speak highly enough of him. You know, obviously be dis- disappointed to miss out on the on the Poland squad, but um, I'm sure if he keeps playing like he has been playing. 
you know, in his position, then you know he'll go to the World Cup as well, which will be good for him. Okay, so we've got Reading on Friday, going into the Easter weekend before hosting Norwich on Monday at Loftus Road. New manager in Paul Clement. So from the coach's point of view here, it's probably a difficult game to prepare for, isn't it? Yeah, you know, we're, we're going into it a little bit, you know, blindfolded if you like, because mm. obviously there's nothing to analyse with yeah. him and Reading. You can probably analyse Reading before him and him before Reading if you, if you like. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, they're in a pressure situation, so whether he's going to want to go in and, and play football out from the back like he has done previously, you know, I'm not sure. So, um, you know, they might go the other way. They've got a big target man, Chris Martin. They might just... A bit more pragmatic. Yeah, yeah, just just get it up to him and play off that. So, like I say, we, we, we're guessing a little bit. Um, but like, you, you're probably prepared for either or. Um, yeah, no, yeah. definitely. And, and I think all we can do is... is Carry on how we have, you know, like I said, the last, the last month or so. I think. Do you see the key to Friday? Um, you know, them struggling, new manager. You see the key to start the game. How I'm talking about us now. How we start the game. Don't give them any lifts. I'm sure that's been spoken about already early in the week. You know, don't give them anything to to get the place up. Yeah. Yeah. Keep the no, crowd down and down. I think if we can finish the game like we uh, start the game like we finished at Fulham, you know, mm. that is like I say, mm. that momentum that we finished with. You know, is, is really important. If we can, if we can carry on, carry on that, and like I say, start the game like that at the weekend, then um, like I say, that will be massive for us. Hopefully, you know, quiet the crowd down. You know, I'm sure there'll, there'll be a, a big following again from QPR fans. Like, you know, they were, they were great for us at, at Fulham. We're still singing when we were two 0 down. Does that make a difference? And, oh yeah, massively. And I think, especially again, it's another cliche. But, oh yeah, you know, yeah. it can be the twelfth man on the road. No, but it, if you've got it, three thousand in a twenty twenty five thousand seat stadium. Yeah, no, it, it definitely definitely does make a difference. And I think there seems to have been a bit of a more of a connection the last couple. You know, the, obviously the results help, um, but you know that the, you know the last two, the Villa and the, the Fulham games, there seem to be. Um, you know, a good connection between the lads and the fans. Mm. Um, during and, and after the game, like mm. I say, it goes hand in hand with results. Um, but I hope, hopefully, we can, you know, continue that and, and give them some more things to cheer about for the end of the season. And your personal target between now and the end of the season? <laughs> Another goal would be nice. More goals, <laughs> <laughs> more goals, more assists. Yeah, no, if I can, if I can keep playing, you know, like they say, I've the last month or so, um, yeah. and keep helping the lads pick up some more positive results. Hopefully. Climbing to the top half, you know, if we can do that at this stage of the season where we are now, then I think that you know, strong finish leading into next season, hopefully. Well, that's the thing as well. Just finally, is that the if we can end the season on a high, like you say, but in the last month, if we can continue that level of form and performance and results, that would give that real sense of belief and excitement about next season as well, wouldn't it? Yeah. Rather than letting the season just peter out. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And you, you, you think of the. You know, it's not quite the same, but you think of the Sheffield United's and you know the team that got promoted, and they seem to be able to carry that momentum mm. on. You know, mm. the the feel good factor from the season before. So, yeah. if we can finish the season really strongly, then you know, hopefully that will give us a platform to, to you know to to um, have some success next season as well. Great to hear there from Jake, and like he says, there's a, a confidence around the, the training camp at the moment, and well, there might be. We spoke last week about the recent run, but there's no denying it has had an impact around the training ground. Yeah, you can tell, can't you, as soon as you walk into the building, that the players, uh, for want of a better cliche, are feeling 10 feet tall. Um, number of good performances, uh, and importantly, good points returns as well, because there's been times this year where we have played well not necessarily got the points on the board. So um, that's a recipe for success, isn't it? If you play well and you get the results. 
There's always that question mark about international breaks. Do they come at a good time or a bad time, depending on what you're doing? And sometimes when you're not playing well, you, you want another game straight away to put it right. Other times you actually need a break away. Our situation, we, we've played well, four excellent results of what you've said. Did the break come at the worst time just as the momentum was building and building? I think in an ideal world, you you would uh, when you're playing well, individually, collectively, you're putting points on the board, uh, confidence is high. You probably just want to keep it going, but you know, international breaks in the diary, you know it's coming, so you just got to get on with it. And uh, Reading this coming Friday, and it, it's going to be a difficult game for Ian Holloway and his staff to prepare for because it's a new manager in Paul Clement. They haven't seen what his approach is going to be. You would have thought it'll be shut up shop first things first because they're on a bad run of form at the moment they've not won in nine and they're only three points above the drop yeah i have to admit i was in the car on friday and heard the announcement and i thought oh no <laughs> you could know, have given yeah. him one more game is <laughs> yeah, that what you're saying one more game to give you up stand but um that's but been does it why because <coughs> of the new manager bounce but yeah you usually get we've a bounce, changed manager so many times <laughs> i'm yet to see the bounce <laughs> maybe the first time warnock came in mm. there was a bounce that kept yeah. us up yeah but other than that, I don't recall. Yeah. I know at clubs, again, it's a football cliche, isn't it? You'll get the new manager bounce. Mm. But I think everyone thinks how real is that? Yeah, I think everyone thinks they're going to get one, whether it materialises as a different matter, you know. But um, but you know, his first game, you know, he's got QER connections by association, if you like. The you dream know. manager. So um, <laughs> he'll have a week to work with his players, but it's all about us going on the back of what we've just done, and can we continue that? Well. That is, that is the, the question, isn't it? Like we say, how do we approach it? Do we expect Reading to Reading are known for keep ball under Yapstam, aren't they? So, are we expecting similar? I would have thought so, but I would have thought the first thing Paul Clement will try and um, try and do is get a little bit of defensive organisation into them. You know, if you look at their recent sort of games and last season, their their real their charge to the playoffs was all built around <coughs> their back four being so strong, wasn't it? Certainly at home, uh, you know, they, they took a couple of heavy defeats away last year. Fulham, I think, tanked them and they went to Norwich and got beat seven, I think, you know. But uh, by and large, but it's just been a strange season for them. You know, if if you're a Redding fan, you're probably struggling to put your finger on it. Mm. You know, a penalty kick or two away from the Premier League to mm. struggling to avoid relegation. Is it the hangover? Well, I remember doing the pod before the season started when we played them... Uh, and you think it, it, it might happen because the season goes on another two or three weeks. Yeah, we don't expect it. They've lost in the most heartbreaking and horrible of circumstances. So you then you disappear a couple of days after with all that mm. disappointment, if you like, swilling around in you. You haven't got much time to put it behind you before you're back into training. And I think it definitely goes into your pre-season and early season. And if you don't get off to a good start... You're playing catch-up, which Do you is remember what remember that done. game there last year um, where we actually beat them, didn't we? We beat them 1-0. And mm. it was a weird atmosphere because they were doing really well at the time. And there was almost murmurs in the terraces because they played that really defensive style of football that they'd just continue to pass, 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 pass. If it wasn't an option forward, they'd play back mm. and they'd go again. And on that night, we were really dynamic and we really got at them. I remember Pavel was absolutely brilliant down the right-hand side. Mackie, Manning... Um, Masalongo, they were all in and amongst it, weren't they? Um, and it, yeah, something seems to have happened, and, and for one reason or another, it hasn't clicked. But the, the personnel is pretty similar. Personnel's pretty much the same, but if you get after a, a poorer start, you know, confidence ebbs away. You know, if you look at their home form, they don't want to be tempted fate. I don't think they've won. The home form was really their strength last year. Yeah. Um, if you look at what they got, but I don't think they've won since 
end of October, early November. That's nine or ten games since they've won at home. Yeah. Uh, we got what would he have done? What would he have done over these five, six days that he's had with the players? Well, he'll have lost a few because of internationals, but from your experience when new managers came in, what, 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 what? would they have done? On, you've, you've said that he'll be focusing defensively, but will he, it'll be a clean slate for everyone, I guess. What he would have done prior to, to, to getting the job and certainly working with the players, he'll have poured over the last God knows how many games on DVDs and, and looked at, he'll have spoke to numerous people. He probably would have spoke to Yapstan, you know, about what he sees and, you know, the players individually. Then he'll go in he'll just try and very quickly stamp his own personality, freshen things up. He'll be bubbly, he'll be lively, uh, you know, similar situation to what he went in at Swansea and did remarkably well to keep Swansea up last year. I don't really know, looking at Paul Clement's teams, I don't really know what their tactic or their style is because at Derby he certainly wanted to play the mm. Derby way yeah. um, which is obviously getting the ball down and on the front foot. Swansea was a little bit different because he was in the midst of a relegation battle yeah. um, and he, I remember Tom Carroll playing really well under him just as a pivot in the middle of the park. I don't know whether... Well, what he's, what, what, with, what he's, what he's gone in at Red, and with eight games to go, he's gone in and he's going to have to firefight. Mm. So I think he'll have his principles, but probably they'll have to go out of the way mm. for eight games, certainly. Mm. You know, he's just got to do what he did at Swansea. He's got to do all he possibly can um, to make sure Redden, and we're speaking from a QPR point of view, but, we're, you know, he's got to make sure Redden stays in the division. If you look at some of the fixtures, they've got three horrendously tough games on paper away. So he'll be thinking... Villa, Fulham and Cardiff. Yeah, he'll be thinking the best chance of him staying out is to get as many points mm. as he can at the uh, Medeski and uh, you know he'll, he'll put QPR onto the mix and I'm sure he'll be saying to his team all week as he's working to them as he's getting to know them as he sees them on the grass you know this is they've got an eight game season and it starts against us on Friday evening well like you said they're only three points above the drop they've got those three very difficult games on the road surely he's only going to be targeting three points against QPR on Friday night they're at home against a team okay we're playing well and got recent good results we're 15th in the table and you look at our record on the road this season take our recent couple of results on the road out of it if you're Paul Clement you'd probably say I'll have the team with the, the worst away record in the championship and, and I think it, you'll find that's us. Well it'll certainly target us for three points but uh, you know we got to flip that we got to flip there take the manager out of it and the, the expected bounce if you like or new enthusiasm whether that's in the stadium and the players because regardless of the new manager coming in they've lost they haven't won in their last nine so as soon as the players step over the white line that will come back into their mind regardless of what he's been saying mm. all week anyway because the pressure will be on them because they know with a three point gap and the game's running out you know, Reading are a big side. They shouldn't even be contemplating life in, yeah. in League One. I think the key to Friday night, from our point of view, is in that first 15, 20 Last minutes, start. we give them absolutely nothing. Like to we did at Villa. Give them nothing to build on because, you mm. know, they're, they're on a poor run, um, both in terms of uh, their season. They're in a poor position. They've got a new manager coming in. So the first 15 minutes, 20 minutes, they're going to be really up for it. Yeah. But I, what is good now is that we have proved with the Fulham result that even if that first 15, 20 minutes doesn't go away, we now have the ability the kahunas, whatever you want to yeah. call it, to come back and play our way back into the yeah, game. Yeah, we, we've done so well of late, you know, I think since the turn of the year. we've, And I think you hit the, on it earlier on. We're now, or I feel, we're now getting the rewards for some decent performances. Earlier there's been, the a, there's been a few performances earlier on where we played quite well. And I hate, you know, we didn't get what we deserved. Well, sometimes you, you, life doesn't give you what you mm. deserve. You have to earn it. But it is nice that, that we're getting the points returned for the performances, the way we're playing. And that will spread 
right through the dressing room, right through the squad and give us loads of confidence. Does he make changes? You look at our last game, the first half wasn't great, the second half was a lot more encouraging. Does he look at making changes? I think Ollie will have looked at Reading. You know, one of their weaknesses is uh, the goals that they've been conceding of late. So whether... Um, I'm sure you're alluding to probably Paul Smith, who comes on the back of you know what he's just done international level, and we have to say absolutely thrilled for the young kid, you know. But uh, does he come into the equation on Saturday with his pace, his directness, his energy? You know, Redden being a passing side might still have a bit of the ball, but can we hit them on the counter with pace? So I think he's definitely going to be in the equation to start the game. It would be harsh on Joel Lynch, I think, if he was left out, mm. because I think he's had a, a couple of really decent games, albeit Robbo gives you something different, doesn't he, at, at centre-half, but I think it'd be really tough on Joel, because Joel's what, been excellent. whilst a lot of people have talked about how good we've been going forward in the last couple of games, certainly from defensive point of view, him and Ned Manure have been absolutely magnificent at the back there, with, with obviously Bids on one side mm. and Darnell on the other. Um, so yeah, it's a, a headache for the gaffer, but what a headache to have after the recent run. I would probably just, on that, the only one I would probably contemplate, I'm not a manager, would be young Smithy in an attack mind. I keep the back, you know, the back four, I feel, yeah, we conceded two against four. Josh Cohen? There's another one to bring mm. into the mix. Um, Ever, yeah, by and yeah. large, the first name on the team sheet every week, he misses a game against Fulham with appendicitis. Exactly. So there's um, a few conundrums for the manager, but as I say, um, that's why we sit on this side of the fence. <laughs> So after the trip to Reading, we host Norwich City at Loftus Road on Monday. It's been a, a disappointing, obviously talking about Reading, who, who've had a disappointing season, and Norwich, another side who would certainly describe this campaign as a disappointing one. They finished eighth last season, but I think they were 10 points outside the, the playoffs. But they would have certainly have been targeting a push for the playoffs this season. That would have been their aim. And it just hasn't happened for them. And we were speaking earlier, they've largely gone under the radar throughout this season, haven't they? I said before we came on air that if you'd have said to me, where an origin the table, I probably wouldn't, wouldn't have had the answer for you. I know they're not in the top six. I know they're not in the bottom three or four, but I wasn't quite sure where they were because they've largely, as you say, gone, mm. gone under the radar. I think it's a little bit of, similar to us, a little bit of a rebuilding process, probably not quite to the, the extent that we're rebuilding here, but... Um, obviously, a new manager, a new German manager, um, who's got obviously different philosophies, I guess, to to the former manager Alex Alex Neil. So, mm. yeah, a real period of transformation. But yeah, I think if you ask Norwich fans, they'll probably be slightly underwhelmed by the campaign they've had today. And he's compared to Wagner as well at Huddersfield, and I suppose the big difference there was there was very little expectation for Wagner when he went to Huddersfield, but because of his success. When Daniel Farker came in at Norwich, Daniel there was who? great, uh, yeah, Dan, big Dan. There was greater <laughs> expectation about what he could do. So parental that, guidance, yeah, that that's probably made it more difficult for him. But it, it has been a, a challenging first season, hasn't it? I think it's challenging. You know, the, you looked at them last year. Uh, I thought they you would could do. say he's farked it. Oh my god! <laughs> Pardon. I thought they would do better last year. They they, they finished eighth. Um, Big sort of turnaround and players. If you look at who they lost, they looked at uh, Cameron Jerome, Johnny Housen uh, left, they sold the kid up to Newcastle, Jacob Murphy, 12 yeah. million quid, John Ruddy left. So there was a big turnover of players. But they've, you're quite right, both of you. They've, they've gone a little bit under the radar. Having said that, you know, if you look at the last 10 games, they've only lost one game. Mm. And that was at Hull when they were 
comfortable lead and late on in the game in that 10 games they've drawn six so they're quite hard to beat um, but I don't think they're a struggle inside but um, if you can turn those draws mm. into we I just wrote down last night you know who they beat they beat Brentford and beat Middlesbrough they drew with Derby Ipswich Wolves so they're not uh, they're not a bad side so we're yeah. going to have it all to do to but you'd fancy better. us wouldn't you at home yeah, again of course you would the way we've been playing Obviously, we're speaking uh, before we, we go to Reading, but the way we've been playing, um, the momentum, the confidence, mm. the, the freshness that we've seemed to have got in the last sort of month, and we carry that into Monday. I can see no reason why we don't win the game. You certainly take four points from these two games, wouldn't you, as well, just to keep that momentum, that unbeaten run going? I'd rather six. Yeah. <laughs> I think six is achievable, I honestly do, with the run that we're on, um, the feel-good factor around the place, and I know that that counts for very little when you walk over the white line, but... Yeah, even listening to Jake there, there was a confidence about what he was saying. There was a confidence about the confidence he had in the young players. Um, so, yeah, I, I want six. Yeah, if we were offered four, then you probably would take it. But if you get three on Friday, then you definitely want six because you, you'd fancy yourselves at home. And just, just finally, since from uh, the manager's point of view, looking at these two games after the run of four, he'll be getting this growing confidence about the group that, is developing and building and obviously there's players out of contracts um, in the summer that decisions need to be made upon and I'm sure he, he's already eyeing next season about what he needs and what he needs to add to the group etc so even though you look at the league table and go well realistically we're not going up realistically we're not going down there's actually a lot of decisions for the manager to make in the, the closing parts of the season I think there's a hell of a lot to play for uh, both from the players point of view I think um You've only got to turn the clock back 12 months and we've got ourselves into exactly the same position as what we're in now and then lost six in a row. And all of a sudden, uh, you're going into the last sort of couple of games of the season still needing points. I don't think that's going to happen this year. But, um, as you say, players are playing for contracts. Ollie will be playing to bed people in for next year, put things in his mind. He'd be looking at people on a daily basis, judging. And I just hope from a club point of view, we can finish really in style, get the... Get the positivity around the stadium, you know, going into pre-season. We spoke about Red and early run going in flat. It can take something to get it going again. Mm -hmm. If we can finish this season on the back of the excellent month that we've had, I think that bodes well for next year. We've spoke about the young kids, you know, with what they brought and the freshness and the ability they've got. As I say, they'll be better for that. Um, and they can use that to build us even build their careers even more. I'm sure there's some kids in the 23s might get minutes on the park with a view to looking at next year. But all that, it's not experimenting, but it's, it's about still getting points, getting performances and uh, getting a real positive attitude. <laughs>